Patterson Foundation strengthens people, organizations, and communities by focusing on issues that address mutual aspirations, foster wide participation, and encourage learning and sharing. Each day, each one of us goes beyond the blog. Join the journey. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And welcome to Sarasota as well. It's a joy that you're here for the When You Wonder Book Circle events. So to give a little bit of context for our listeners, the Book Circle Project, fully funded by the Patterson Foundation, features you and Greg Bear's book, When You Wonder Your Learning, which reveals Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood isn't just a children's program, but is a proven blueprint for raising happier, healthier kids. So Ryan, you're here to kick off the book circles with us. So share some initial thoughts. This book circle opportunity is the most generous thing that I think could happen to an author. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that too. Um, The book has really spread via word of mouth over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, at this point, we've been all over the country four or five times talking to teachers and talking to parents and communities about the message of Fred Rogers. And to have, like, to come here where something is so organized and, and there are so many people invited in and it's so coordinated. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that people are listening, that people are being receptive yeah. to the book. That just means, it means so much to me. And I know I speak for Greg, but I, it means a lot to him too. Wonderful. I, I'm so happy to hear that, especially, you know, the, I think the really idea behind this was like fostering that wide participation. It's something that as a fellow, I've learned the Patterson Foundation really strives for is that just opening up, gathering in just that wide participation. So tell me about the journey of this book. You know, what was the aspiration behind writing it and what impact were you hoping to see? Yeah. So like you all here at the Patterson Foundation, I work for a foundation in Pittsburgh called the Grable Foundation. And that is the foundation that Greg is executive director of. I am the communications officer. The Grable Foundation was actually began by the family that started uh, what became Rubbermaid back in the 1940s. And Grable gives money to education nonprofits and to public schools and to out of school time centers and libraries and museums, all sorts of things. And in the process of doing that, you know, it's our responsibility to make sure we're supporting things well and we're funding things that we know work. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, we have to turn to the science of learning, what's now called the science of learning. Wasn't necessarily called that in Fred Rogers' day. But, you know, the science of learning includes everything from behavioral science to neuroscience, economics and more. There are people all over the world and especially in Pittsburgh doing amazing work to figure out the methods and the conditions that are most conducive to learning. And when we started going to some of these conferences and talking to some of these scientists, they were talking really accessible ways and asking really relatable questions. How do we make sure kids feel safe? How do we make sure that they are loved? How do we make sure that they are able to participate, that there is a sense of that wide participation, that folks are invited in? We know how important that is for kids learning. And we noticed over time, the more we talked to these folks, is they, they just sounded like script writers in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And we, Greg and I, are Pittsburgh area kids. We grew up there. Mm-hmm. We, we love Fred Rogers just like anybody else. Yeah. And we realized maybe there's another story to be told about Mr. Rogers. You know, we all remember him as this nice guy in a sweater, which of course he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he's the guy who made us feel good. Yeah. But he was so much more than that. Mm-hmm. He was a learning scientist and he never called himself that. But he was. He was. He studied with some of the most famous pediatricians and psychologists in the world, all of whom happened to be working at the very same time. In fact, in the very same building in Pittsburgh at the time. So he's taking what he's learning and he's blending it. And he creates this beautiful television program that mm-hmm. we all remember and love. But he blended the science 
of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He blended it so seamlessly with art and puppetry and songs and stories that we didn't even know it was there. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, what if we could tell that side of the Fred Rogers story? Someone who knew what knew how children learn best, and what can we learn from that today? And as it turns out, all the things Fred was doing in the 1950s, the 1960s, all the way up through 2001 when the very last episode aired, they're the very same things that scientists and experts and educators are all saying children need now. If yeah. anything... What Fred was doing is more relevant now than it was when he was alive. Yeah. And we have so much to continue to learn from him. And, you know, even after putting this book out into the world, Greg and I are still learning new things about him and his methods and how important they are even today. Yeah. I think you you touched on one of my questions here with, you know, the learning scientists. Like, how can we be learning scientists? And why is this book for everyone? Why should we tap into this learning scientist? Yeah, that I mean, I was a little bit worried when we went into this project thinking like, okay, if, if we're going to write a book about the science behind this lovely television program that's so nostalgic for people, are we going to, you know ruin the magic is is it like a magician giving mm-hmm. away his tricks by right. deconstructing his methods we're going to somehow make fred rogers less special okay and uh, for me it had the opposite effect because yeah. when you realize how much work it takes and how much effort fred put into every single moment of every single scene of almost four decades worth of television it's astounding what one man was able to sustain for so long And you see what it takes in order to give kids something of the highest quality. He used Mm -hmm. to say, like, can you imagine being given a half hour of television every single day and making sure that, you know, it's the best it could possibly be for kids because that's what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how much work that is? And so what we've learned is that there are lots of folks we can turn to in order to find out what works when it comes to learning, what works when it comes to building communities, what works when it comes to constructing environments that allow human beings to thrive. Yeah, It's more accessible than you might think, but there are so many people working to build or to bridge research and practice, and we try to elevate some of those folks in the book. How are people taking the principles that Fred nurtured or the methods Fred used in the neighborhood, and how are they doing that today? And I hope that the book shows folks, A, concrete examples of that, but B, I hope it inspires them to come up with their their own message, mm-hmm. their own methods. Fred, you know, he was always asked for advice. He was Mr. Rogers. Yeah. He, he was a hero to so many people, including to Greg and I. And so people asked him for all sorts of advice. And he would tell them what he knew. He wasn't hesitant to give advice. But what it always came down to was, you know, don't try to be more like me. Fred was always encouraging us to be more like ourselves. And yeah. so... I hope that the book helps us do just that. How do we, in ways that make sense for us, do what's best for for ourselves and for one another and for our kids? Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, as a fellow, I've learned this saying at the Patterson Foundation, it's share your cookies. (laughs) And like the cookies in, in this, you know, analogy and this metaphor are, the the knowledge and the experience and the skills that everyone has. And it's Mm. share that with everyone, you know, share that in, in ways that it's useful. And, and I think that's a really concrete kind of thing here. A message here is like, just share that, you know, and I, how you said it was kind of concerning like the magic behind everything, but it's, it's really sharing that expertise. And then, you know, I, I even read the book and I could see different areas where it helped me in my work, working on the Suncoast Remake Learning Days, you know, and seeing that kind of come to life in that way, 
whether it's you're a parent or a teacher or, you know, a, a caregiver or someone mm-hmm. who just cares about humanity, it's, I mean, I think there's little lessons in there everywhere that can really be implemented. It means a lot to hear that. I mean, Fred used to say that the best teacher in the world is one who loves what he or she does mm-hmm. and just loves it in front of you. And there's not always an obvious way to bring whatever it is that we love, to bring our cookies to yeah. our work. But when you figure that out, not only does it make your work more fun because yeah. now you're you're sharing your cookies, you're doing what you love, you're also like it, it's an infectious attitude. Yeah. Fred knew this and he he brought us folks every single day in the neighborhood who were really, really good at what they did, right? Their cookies were it was Wynn and Marsalis playing the trumpet or it was Julia Child cooking. And and the the reason Fred was constantly bringing these folks in wasn't that so you know, everybody who saw Wynnum Marsalis play would want to go learn jazz, or everybody who watched Julia Cook would want to go be a chef. It was to reinforce that idea again and again that it's just so important for all of us to be surrounded by people who are willing to share their strengths, who are willing to yeah. love what they do and to love it in front of other people. Right. So what do you believe the messages in this book could catalyze, especially in the Suncoast region? The, I hope everybody takes something away that encourages them, as you said, to share their cookies. But, you know, anybody can do that on their own. I Mm -hmm. think that this opportunity is so unique and that folks are going to be reading the book at the same time in small groups. They're going to be connecting. I hope they're going to be finding things they love in the book. I hope they're going to be disagreeing with one another constructively. I hope that they are going to be discovering their neighbor's cookies and maybe figuring out that they had cookies they didn't even know they had. Yeah. Um, there's something so exciting to me about the fact that folks are going to be doing this together. Reading is usually a solo activity. I mean, of course, you have book clubs here and there, but to be laser focused on not just our book, but the methods that Fred Rogers use and the methods that, that can still matter so much today, I think it's such a powerful opportunity for folks to come up with new ways of continuing Fred's work in ways that are most authentic to them. I'm so excited. This is the first region in the country to to do something like this. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not the last. You know, you're coming back in 2024. What are you hoping to see? What's happened to us over the past couple of years is at a certain point, we've stopped talking about the book and we've started listening to what people are telling us about Fred and what he meant to them and what he inspired in them. Okay. And I'm hoping to come back and hear that from folks in the Suncoast. Here's what... I took from your book. Here's what I didn't like about it. Here's what I loved about it. And here's what I'm doing as a result. And most importantly, here is what we're doing together. That's great. As part of the book circle projects, that's something I'm really excited about is there's a discussion guide that goes along Mm -hmm. with it. And just being able to have those conversations and hear different perspectives. And, you know, I think there's a diversity of thought that really makes us stronger and propels us to go forward from my perspective of, I know I have a lot to learn in this space. So just hearing from others, I think is is one of the things that I'm excited about. I absolutely agree. And I also hope that the book and, and to a certain extent, the discussion questions and to another extent, just doing this as a group, I hope it gives people a little bit of space for reflection. Yeah. So much of what Fred did was asking us to remember the people who did these things for us. Like those people are proof that the things Fred was teaching, the things Fred was trying to accomplish are possible. Yeah. There's this great little story of uh, somebody was ghostwriting for Fred. It was the forward to a book for, I believe it was an optometrist. It was like, 
how to make kids more comfortable when they come to the eye doctor yeah. or something like that. And they asked Fred to write the forward. Fred said, we have to start with one sentence. And the sentence was, you know what's best for child children because you were a child once too. Yeah. And I think if we start from that place, whether we had good childhoods or bad childhoods, right. that's both, they're both instructive in their own ways. We were children once too. What did we need? What did we not get? Uh, what did we get that was unexpected? Who did that come from? Where else what might we find it? Um, I hope that this opportunity prompts some space for answering those questions and for gratitude for folks who've helped us along the way and um, inspiration for, for being that kind of person for somebody else. Ryan, I'm so excited for this to be, you know, shared as far as all these, all these lessons, all these aspirations, all these hopes for connection. Is there anything else we should highlight today? Uh, you know, one thing I would say is that this is a book that has proven very popular among parents and teachers, people who work with kids. But I do want to emphasize that it's not just a book for people who work with kids. Yes, kids, it's about working with children. Kids is in the subtitle. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a children's television program, but it wasn't just for children. It was, you mentioned this earlier, people who care about humanity. Yeah. One of the most amazing I think emotional moments of research in the book is I was in the Fred Rogers archive in Latrobe. So this is a totally unremarkable room. It's got fluorescent lighting and a bunch of, of cabinets, sort of like the <laughs> ones that are surrounding us. And it looks like an office and it yeah. is an office. But in those cabinets are 40, 50 years worth of correspondence, letters that were written to Fred. And he responded to all of them. You know, at, at the peak of his popularity, he was responding to something like 100 letters a day. And it's amazing. You can see Fred's notations in the margins to these letters. If anybody's listening, if you ever wrote a, a letter to Fred, you could probably go find it. It's probably in the archive. And you can see, you know, he's thinking about how to respond and what he wants to say. And in many ways, you can draw a direct line from the concerns people are sharing with Fred and what he's talking about the neighborhood okay. or what he's talking about in the neighborhood. You know, Mr. Rogers, I'm sick or Mr. Rogers, my, my parents are separating mm -hmm. or, or my dog died or something like that. Yeah. But what's amazing is that in that correspondence, 80% of it is from, from kids and from parents who have questions. But a surprising amount of it is from uh, people in nursing homes, people okay. who no longer had to care for kids, people who no longer work. And mm -hmm. they were constantly writing to Fred to thank him for being a presence in their lives. It just shows you that the neighborhood was a place for everybody. It was a place for wide participation again. Yeah. And I hope these book circles can be the same thing, even for folks who aren't teachers or who aren't parents, because we all have something to share. That's awesome. That's so great, Ryan. And I really appreciate you sharing these perspectives about gratitude and connection and reflection too. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining me today and really amplifying the perspective on fostering wide participation and the joy behind this book. So listeners, to learn more about the Wonder Book Circles, visit thepattersonfoundation.org. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much. I just, I could never fully express how grateful I am for this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, thanks for joining us beyond the blog.